3: to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. I don't like that you waited so long to turn my microphone on. Is that like a depth finder on the the screen there, Tyler? A depth finder? Yeah, like are you looking for fish? Like the Oilers were yesterday? What is that bottom part, the orange? That's new. It's like solar flare.
0: Oh yeah, that, okay. yeah. So that's something that's like a part of Adobe that I used to use when you'd have to cut commercials out of radio because the commercials come in a different frequency than your voice. So it'd be very easy. Like if I played like an MP3 recording or something right now, it would like drop off and have a lot of black. Mm, so if I cold wanted, yeah,
3: and like, unfeeling like most and ads are pretty much.
0: Um, so yeah, that's what you guys
3: are seeing there. Uh, we well, prefer fun. looking at that. All of our listeners are loving this segment. Whoa. Ooh, that.
2: Oh, that is nice. That's
3: At the bottom there. Absolutely. All over. Look at all those yellow hits. I like this. All right.
2: All right. Oilers oh, Nation Radio episode 181. Welcome into our world. We like to look at Tyler's screen sometimes. I'm Bag Milk, Dan, Rick, Tyler, Scootin'. As we do every week, we oh, start- Oh, got to go back now. Oh, yeah, he's got to get-
3: <laughs> oh, Turn what off what that mic. did you
2: mic. turn down?
4: That mic. Killed oh, that mic. On, I see. One. All right. Don't need it. Tyler,
2: every week we start this podcast with a delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. New locations popping up all over the place at Kingsway, Aaron Ridge, Airdrie, mm-hmm. one's coming up in Fort Sask. What do we got for delicious debate today?
0: The Oodle Noodle delicious debate today. Delicious. delicious. What should the Oilers do to fix their goaltending problem? That is your delicious debate.
2: First move for me. No question. Stewart has come back up. We need stew. I don't understand why the best goalie in terms of stats, black and white, objectively, is not on the roster. I don't get it. That's my first move. You need to get a trade done. I don't know how it works. I'm not smart enough. I'll text Frank later, the dog. Mm-hmm. But we'll try
4: and figure it out. But I think you have to at least pull Skinner up, don't you? Your GM's doubling down on a gamble he made at the beginning of the season. A bad one. I agree with you. I, it's like he's trying to live bet his way out of a hole. He's hoping for the best. Trust instead me, that of never trying, worked. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to, instead of trying to fix it right now and making an upgrade, which he should have been looking at all year, um, he's hoping and he's praying that... The combo he brought in is gonna find uh, find what they were doing last year, and I just I I have no faith in that anymore. Stu needs to be here, but that's not the only move. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm I'm too jacked up about going Stu and Smith or Stu and Koskinen. I'm not jacked up about going all three with them. Um, both of them have to go. It's got to be Stu and somebody new, and I I I don't know where you go from there,
0: Tyler. Yeah, I, th- I think there's going to be names out there, but I don't think right now you're getting that slam dunk solution. Like, I think if you wanted to pay the price, you could go get. Martin Jones from Philly. If you wanted to go pay the price, you could go get Anton Forsberg out of Ottawa, but neither of those guys are probably going to be the, the ones who come in and take you on any sort of meaningful playoff run. I think if you're going to get that guy, it's going to come closer to the deadline with, you know, maybe flurry goes somewhere and another goalie shakes loose that way. Um, you know, maybe Dallas decides to sell off Braden Holtby because they know they're going to lose him for nothing in the off season. And they have Jake Ottinger, you know, maybe a more impactful name, slips through the cracks and becomes available to Ken Holland closer to the deadline. But I just think right now you can't just go make a bad trade. There is that easy in-house solution and it's bringing in Stuart Skinner. It doesn't cost you anything. Hell, you could run three goalies for a little, if you wanted to send Sevier back down. Who's you coming in a- for the shootup. Oh fuck. Remember that, eh? Mike yeah. Morrison. Yeah. Patrick Mike Morrison is going Gar- to be. Patrick Patrick Garon. But- oh yeah. But I just don't know why Skinner's not here. I agree with you hundred percent.
4: Cause
2: he's also playing well in Bakersfield right now. It's like, yeah. he's almost outgrowing that league in a way.
3: He's not 40 pucks the other day. Yeah. Dan. Well, I I think you guys have beat the dead horse to a pulp. And so for me, there's, there's another element to this that it just continues to nag at me. And it's the fact that Dallas Akins, Todd Nelson, Todd McClellan, Ken Hitchcock and Dave Tippett <laughs> have all lost their job while we still have the same goalie coach in place. And for me, Oh, it does. Even though, even though it doesn't necessarily fix the problem right now, I think optically as an organization, you have to get another voice in there. You have to get somebody else to, to present a new, a new outlook. I'm not saying that again, that it doesn't fix the problem at this second, but I think as an organization, we have to recognize that there has been some issues with these goalies that continue to show up and then goalies that we've let go are having success where they head to. But how many goalies have we let go
0: that are really having like Ken Good. Talbot
3: and Devin Dubnik have both been yeah, all stars okay. after we left, after they
0: left. Actually, Anthony Stolars is suddenly an NHL quality goalie too, but he was here for like a minute. LB has been in the, in not, the league the whole
4: time. And
3: I'm not yeah. arguing that any of those goalies were necessarily better, but again, I think I just think you have to try and change some things up and when it's broke, you try and fix it. And so the goaltending has always been an issue and has been an issue with all of those head coaches so why not try and make? Yeah. See,
4: I think those guys, the, the, the issue with those guys are in front of those guys more with the defense. Uh, I guess I understand the swapping the coach just because you're going to do the majority of the coaching staff anyway. So why would he stick around longer? Uh, I don't know if I'm putting this on the goalie coach. I really don't understand the goalies or what they what they do. So I kind of had to uh, listen or read into what other guy what goalies have said what their coaches do. And I think it was Joaquin Gage or something like that. I said, you know what? They're really just there to like kind of, talk a little bit so they're not really there to teach this isn't like goalie this isn't goalie school or something like that he's there to like bounce things off of once in a while and and that's about it so i don't know if i'm not going to sit here and put it on the goalie (laughs) or the goalie coach but uh i can see why at this point you just kind of move on from
2: i find tyler very distracting i like watching you tinker and fiddle i know you get up you move so quiet in our ears now yeah it's very quiet what happened
4: very quiet Tyler well, it our levels are too high. Three, those three gray ones, ones are down speech. a little bit. That's why. Yeah. Should
2: I start playing with the faders too? No, please
0: don't. You could turn up everyone's headphones a little. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like it. He gets so all, he's he's walking away. Everybody's headphones a little too. It's, it's like, 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 turn up
2: everybody's headphones. Uh, Tyler does not want me to touch anything on this board. And nothing. all I want to do is touch everything on this board.
3: It's understandable.
2: Yeah, yeah, it seems fun. And he just switched a page. I wonder what this one.
0: I don't know if people like this. I changed the light because I thought I looked very pale in the video recording. I do. You you are pale. I know I'm pale, but I look like translucent. (laughs) You were, you were just down South too. Uh, yeah, I know. I did not get some bronzing lotion in here or
4: something for you. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Tyler, you look, uh, I
0: look super pale. Like we can't post (laughs) this anywhere. If you were any whiter, you'd be clear. Are you sick? turn Turn the light off. Yeah.
4: Are you gonna start retching again for us? Oh, now, now you're gonna.
0: That might be
3: better. This might be better actually. Oh, it's yeah, a little. You got a little more human. There you, to, you go. Know? This yeah. is such. We're we're making such good audio here. But
2: guys. like, I don't understand why Rick and Dan don't look translucent, and only really Tyler does. We're not vampires. It's like that episode of The Simpsons when Bart sold his soul.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't open
4: the How door anymore. You yours for,
0: Tyler? This is, oh man, I'm, I'm not coming across well. well, I think what
3: happened is Tyler, if I face this way, I also look translucent. (laughs) Right. Oh, so you got to face head on. Yeah. That's a little bit better. Yeah. Look away, look away from the
0: light. We need some blinds over there. Yeah. We do actually, that is something we're looking at.
2: Well, I also get distracted by there's a cool, there was a dog that was walking outside. So I get distracted by that too, but we'll get there. Back to the goaltending.
3: Back to the goaltending. Tyler, you goal put
2: tending. out a video from Mike McKenna at Daily Faceoff. The other day, you wrote a little article about it. Mike McKenna had some analysis on Mike Smith. Specifically, the thing that I think is bothering everybody, first of all, the Oilers haven't really had good goaltending all year, or at least consistent goaltending. Yeah. The game against Tampa on Wednesday, that should have been a win.
0: Oh, yeah. But
2: like, instead, we're talking about a loss because they couldn't get the saves they needed. On a night when Vasilevsky was only a 900 save percentage, which for him is ground level. The weathers were, were a 0.082 less than that. It's no bueno. You can't win like that. You can't play your heart out, come back and then give up soft goals to a team like that. The others held Tampa to 22 shots on net and they gave up five goals. I know one of those was a empty netter. This team can play man. They can play, but they need somebody to stop pucks. Yes. So back to what I was saying on the second goal to Stamkos, Mike Smith was still down in a crouching position that they usually, what is the acronym? RVH. For yeah. Everybody Google RVH. Reverse that. vertical horizontal. Something like that. What? No, I think actually you're right.
0: Yeah, I think I'm right. It's when like one pad is vertical, one pad's horizontal. And usually that's like a, that's, that's the, it's like a post integration play. Something you do when the pucks down low, you reverse that. From like whatever you normally it's like are, what
2: they do to defend wraparounds a lot. Yeah, but this was out you the can circle. Get down
0: there and like right on the
4: camera, on camera, yeah, show you what, what RVH exactly. is. Yeah, we're going to use the door as the net. Yeah,
2: I think that Mike McKenna made a really good point that it's just, and I'm paraphrasing, he didn't say it this way, but it's it's lazy play from Mike Smith, mm-hmm. and it cost them a goal, and that happened immediately, uh, just over a minute and a half after Connor tied the goal, tied the game with a beautiful power play goal. He was you on fire, saves, that game. Yep.
0: It's just, you wasted a great performance from the team in front. You wasted a great performance from Mike Smith all because you couldn't get a stop.
2: <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but Kennedy, our graphic designer, I asked her to make a bunch of photoshops of Jay Woodcroft and his pose as a hero around the city. And she just sent me a bunch of them. And it is the absolute best thing I've ever seen.
4: Anyway, back to test. Can you, can you put that in the, the group Yo, you or know, pass that down? Absolutely, I will. But can you win with these guys? I mean, yes, but not enough.
0: Yeah, like Dustin Nielsen actually, I think, had a great point on Twitter during the game, and he said, you know, like Mike Smith is capable of playing good games. Miko Koskinen is capable of playing good games. The issue is that you just don't know when you're going to get those good games. It's too inconsistent. That's the big problem. This team needs someone who can even just consistently be in that nine ten nine fifteen range. The Oilers don't need a nine twenty or a nine twenty five goalie to be a comp- to to <laughs> average. They imagine mean- where we'd be with that oh, I mean, fuck, we'd be top of the conference or close to it if you had that, right? Like, it's just, it's brutal. Look at what
2: Calgary's doing. Yeah. And a lot of it
4: Losing
0: 7-1. Yeah,
2: they got absolutely pumped last night, which again, we're going to get to sports betting here a little bit later. Tyler told me I should bet on the Flames last night and I'm glad I didn't. My gut told me to bet on the Canucks, but I did not do that either (laughs) because fuck both those teams. Anyway, back to the goaltending. Tyler, continue.
0: I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why Skinner's not here. At least he could probably give you that nine, 10 or better save percentage. Smith and Koskinen cannot consistently do that. And we've seen now in two playoff series that they're not capable of stealing you a series either. I just, I don't understand what we're waiting for anymore.
4: We were told this whole year, like this team is not Stanley cup, uh, challengers are you know, Wait till you see what you need to see out of them before you go fix that goaltending. I saw what I needed to see out of them against Tampa Bay. Yes. They can go and they can play seven games against any team in this league and have a decent opportunity of trying to beat them. Woodcroft has the boys hopping. Dude, I I love the way they're going. They need that goal. This is, they proved themselves to Holland the other night. Yes. And we know he's not going to do anything on this road trip that is and if we went three and one the rest of the way, he probably doesn't do anything. Yep. Like, are we running into a, a similar situation where Tibbet had to lose those two games in order to get fired? If he won one of them, are things different? That's the scary part. It's terrifying, man. This team has come out and proven them, proven to Holland that they can get the job done. It's now his job to go get that goaltender. That's where we are. And if we don't get that goaltender, it's a first round exit.
2: To make matters worse, at least in my opinion, uh, the U.S. broadcast, which, which network was that again? TNT. Had a clip where they were talking about Mike Smith coming to the bench and chirping the young defenseman for the way they covered a play on the Braden Point goal. My problem with that is stop some fucking pucks.
0: If Mike Smith had stopped seven high danger chances in the first period and then finally got beat on a goal where a defenseman blew coverage, then I could see him going to the bench and being like, hey, what the hell are we doing here? Like, figure it out, you guys. But Mike Smith was terrible. Those goals were all on him. He should have. They were all stoppable. Every single one of them should not have gone in. So I don't understand also going after young defensemen. Like, You want to be a leader on this team, yet you're just going to continually scapegoat the young defensemen and blame them for your shitty style? Come on, man. That's Schmitty weak. Schmitty battles. I, I, see, I wanted to, I wanted to hear it for myself. I wanted to understand exactly
4: what was said. And just, the. so whoever was telling us, you know, didn't have some sort of, I, they didn't try and play it up a bit, but this is Keith Jones who said it, I believe. Right. Yeah. So Keith Jones played in the set in the eighties and the nineties, he was around some teams where I'm sure things were not exactly said in the most politically correct, uh, manner. So I'm assuming that he's got a bit of a higher threshold in terms of um, teammate to teammate accountability. Sure. And if he still says that he was kind of like ripping on him a bit, then I'm going to actually believe that he was ripping on him a bit.
2: It's just like, man, you're not playing nearly even in the ballpark. of Even
4: even this year, even if he's having a bad game, but he had a really good year, then I get it.
2: Mike Smith has allowed two goals in under six shots. Seven times so far this year, if my math is right.
4: Now, how many of those are not grade A opportunities as well? Because I believe these these this last couple have not been. I believe since um, since uh, Woody got here, their grade A chances giving up have, have gone down. I think so. So now he's not. He, if, you're, if you're giving up grade A goals, that's maybe goals like I that can sort of get that. But if you're not, that's not what's getting past you. Then we have a really big issue, and that's where we're at right now.
3: It feels like for the for the first like four games that with Woodcroft that it was that way, but I think in the last like two, they the breakaways per sixty has been going up against Minnesota, Minnesota against for sure,
2: against uh, Winnipeg as well, yeah. where they had those two shorties before Adam Lowry eventually got one.
3: But to come back to your guys' point about Smith too, it's like all we've been sold on with Mike Smith, if not to have the ability to have the opportunity to play like he did last year, is his leadership skills. That's, that's what everybody tells us many battles. He is a, he is a a proven leader entity in this, in this locker room. And for me, flat out, if you're performing like Smith is, and you're having the issues like Smith is, and then you're still turning around and and yelling at your teammates, that's not leadership. And that's not worth it. That's not worth it to have it still on your team. And I, and I, 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 so for me, it's just, you know, it's like, at what point are you, are you now looking at this guy and saying he's hurting the team more than he's helping it? I can tell he's hurting the team.
4: Well, his team. personality is probably the same either way he's playing well or, or, or bad. Um, so to me, I don't mind if that's just who he is. And he's he's always like that. But when he's been playing the way he has been this year and the way he has uh, recently, I think you need to bite your tongue a little bit and uh, and kind of look in the mirror a
0: little bit more there. And you have to kind of sh- shut up a <laughs> Just for the sake of having this number, I looked up the Oilers scoring chances against per 60. Um, under Dave Tippett, it was 27.95 scoring chances against per 60, according to natural statric at five on five. Um, and since Woodcroft has taken over, it is. Uh, sorry, I clicked the wrong button. That's my bad. Kind of on brand. It is as bad. Um, 23.07. So they've, dro- <laughs> they've dropped it by basically four <laughs> per 60 is their scoring chances against.
2: I mean, that's pretty solid, right? That's pretty
0: good. I think so. Basically they were like on with the barrel in the NHL or whatever. And now they're like middle of the road. I think if I'm reading that right. Hmm. What well, he's got them going. Yeah. They're playing good hockey and it's a, it's a deep hockey team up front. I like that. Even with 11 forwards. even with 11 forwards they're a deep group up front. I think the blue line maybe leaves you wanting a little bit more. And I think that's something they could address at the deadline. But yeah. do I think, do you think
2: that they will though?
0: Yeah. It's kind of on brand, right? Like, Holland went out and got Kulikov last year when you could maybe argue they didn't even need it as much as they do right now. Um, I think he'll go make a depth move for a defenseman or if there's a bigger trade out there, maybe he looks at it um, like a goalie and a left defenseman. I think if you make the right moves here, it could be really, really impactful. At this point, are we not looking at a rental type of goaltender now in terms of like um,
4: your most likely candidates are going to be like a Holtby yep. who is up at the end of the year a Varlamov who obviously has one more year left and, um, As opposed to going for some of the younger guys because the younger guys are on teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs, therefore not moving their backup goaltender
0: right now. I would argue that no matter what you do, it only really makes sense to go get a rental like you have limited cap space this offseason. So what are what are you going to do if you go get a guy who's due four million next year? And, you know, maybe Koskinen goes out so it fixes stuff for this year. Well, all you're doing is taking away from the cap space you need to sign Pulley RV and Yamamoto. You almost are forced to go get a rental and you have Smith and Skinner under contract for next year. So unless you think Smith, <laughs> unless you think Mike Smith is like not going to play next year like... Is going to be like, yeah, I'm going on LTIR because I have a bad knee or some shit like that. Then you can't really go get James Reimer. Then what are you going to do next year?
4: Does this mean like the most likely candidate at this point would therefore be Holby? I think. As, so. a, as the best UFA? He's probably him or Anton Forsberg. And you'd probably be more comfortable. At least this GM would be more comfortable with Holby because of his age, his experience, yeah. and all that other stuff. Although he signed Forsberg once. True, but he
0: had Schmidt here. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I think Holtby and Forsberg are the two that make the most sense. Would you go
4: into next year with Holtby and Smith or sorry, Holtby and uh, Stu?
0: I'd feel okay with Holtby and Stu. At least to
4: start year. this year. And then in the same situation as this year where you have to like watch it as the season goes on. And, and if there's an opportunity, you make the move. And if not, if they're, they're playing well, you can just roll with what you have.
0: Yeah. I mean like, it's not like Holtby's 35 plus, right? He's like 30, 31 years. And his contract's
4: about what, like five right now. Two mil. Two mil.
0: So like for this year, and right Holpi thirty-two. So we
4: can get both these guys. Let's just say holby gets his exact same contract
0: next year. We'll have like two goaltenders for three mil, pretty much. That's I, that's, I, that's why I like kind of the way you have to go. I know, like what we talked about on real life, and Jay wasn't a big fan of going out and getting Holpi, but like his save percentage is. You were good. pushing
2: Forsberg yesterday, pretty heavy on.
0: I I I think right now, if Forsberg could be had for like your fourth rounder in twenty twenty three, I think you do it. What's
4: Holpi going to cost? Can't be that much
0: uh depend it really does depend, but like he might cost you your second
2: well I think about do we even I, have a second or that'd well, be, it had to be twenty twenty three yeah.
3: I think about making a move like that for a goalie, and now would be the time to do it because you still have some wiggle room if it turns out to be a poor gamble on a guy mm-hmm. like a Forsberg where yeah. it doesn't work out for you. you can still make another move after that,
4: yeah, I think it was, not very many opportunities to make a move after that with our assets at this point. No, I you suppose know, but, whatever but. it has to be. And I think that's kind of why he's sitting on his hands because he's nervous. He knows this is a one shot at, at doing this, uh, fixing his goal goaltending situation, and well, he's and he's legit scared. Well,
2: and the reality is that no team in the NHL is being like,
4: "Here, I'm here to help you, Edmonton Oilers." Yeah. Like, here. no, but other GMs go out there and find ways to make deals.
2: Well, that's what bothers me too. Over at Daily Faceoff, Chris Gear wrote about how third-party teams like an Arizona Coyotes that got a lot of cap space are m- used to send some money to in these mm-hmm. bigger transactions. When was the last time we ever saw the Oilers in a three-way trade like that? It just doesn't happen.
0: Lack of need-
4: creativity is that case, or yeah? Because I'm I'm starting to sit there and look at uh, at Hall in the same way as looking at Tippett, where Tippett was kind of rigid and wasn't. Um, bending with his, uh, with the new way of the NHL. And I, I kind of see if, if Holland does not go get his goaltender right now and be a little bit flexible to make something creative, or even make a simple move and go get a Holpie. Um then I'm really questioning him. Cause I, I like I said, I, I'm probably the only one, but I'm, I'm okay with the, with the, with the players, the way they are, that goaltending situation to what needs to get fixed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, the forwards I'm happy with. I I don't like fine doing the 11 and seven. I am too. Like I didn't think that I was going to like it as much as I do until I saw the way Jay Woodcroft does
3: it. Mm -hmm. I think my, my kind of thought that we're not going to make a goalie move is just because there is so many teams that are in this kind of a market with the Colorado Avalanche world and Schmidty battles. Um, But if we lose, if we
4: lose these next two, well, and they're they're the the same as Tampa Bay where we were in there and it was a goaltend, I kind of lose. And then I think you're in the exact same position as uh, you were after the Chicago game where
0: Tippett or sorry, Holland's going to have to, have to make a move. Let's look at who's, who's in the market for a goalie right now. We'll start in the Pacific. No one except Edmonton. Vegas, sorry. Vegas is probably looking for, but again, I think it's either that's, that's they, not as hard of a move as we are making. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Vegas, we can throw them on the list. Do you go to the central? No one there's really Colorado. looking for a goalie. Yeah. Okay. Colorado. But the thing with Colorado, you have to remember then is they would, if they get one, Cameron. they can flip one here. Right. Same thing with Washington, Washington's in yeah. the market. If they get one, they're flipping one, yeah. which means another goalie, it would be musical chairs at that point. the Oilers could get involved with that. And Pittsburgh's probably looking for a backup. I actually wonder about them and Anton Forsberg. That, that would make a ton of sense. Um, so, there's kind of four other teams other than Edmonton, and two of them yeah. would have a goalie to move if they went out and got a goalie. So, are we okay with either of those backup options? Vannacek Van- or Kemper, Françoise. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with any one of those three. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: before you send us tweets or Instagram messages, ON radio podcast, the Ducks are not trading John Gibson. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's an annoying one to about. That'd about that be so expensive. Like, season. it's, that's, that's it a, be
2: crazy expensive.
4: expensive. <laughs> we can't. We can't take anybody off our roster, off our game day roster. I don't think.
2: Yeah, where the Oilers have the most position of strength is left hand defenseman prospects. That though, I don't know what any of them are worth. And Samarukov of has to be else. pretty
4: much the biggest name out there
2: because I think you're going to eventually
4: floating Broberg. Fair, I, it's going to be Broberg or Sam Rukov because you're gonna. I, I don't see Nurse or Nimalina getting moved. Like just I'd,
2: going back to something we talked about weeks ago. Let's say the the Chitrin thing was Broberg plus. Like you have to consider that because mm-hmm. one is a maybe and one is an NHL defenseman.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think if it's for a guy like Chicharin, you you do consider it. If it's anything else, I'd just rather move the first rounder than Broberg or Holloway or Borgo. I think those yeah. three. Broberg Holloway and Borgo need to be really, really close to untouchable just because you're going to be tight for money. The next few years, mm-hmm. you need those young guys coming up on ELCs outside of those three. Any prospect should be on the table. Would you not
4: be a little bit uh, more closed fist on Matt? Vey Petrov as well.
0: Matt yeah. Petrov is lighting it up or, or even
4: Raf Lavoie.
0: I, I'd not move see Yeah, I'd trade him. It's just you only and the other thing to remember, too, is like we got to think about this as the Oilers window is right now. Right. So let's look in the top six right now. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins. I mean, top nine. Sorry. You got those four kind of your core four Fogel's under contract as well. And Yamamoto and Pugliarvi are under team control. So just, you you have seven pieces of your top nine. Like just the
4: type of of, of player he is, though. Just he's got that shot. He's that right-handed centerman. I don't know if he can win faceoffs yet or not, or if that's even going to be a thing for him. But that's obviously a big thing in the NHL if he can
0: get one. I you have Carter Savoy, Raphael Lavoie, Tyler Tulio, Matt Vey Petrov. You can move one of those, and I I'd, yeah. I would just move whichever one of them seems to have the most value. Fair. If it's Lavoie, it's Lavoie. Like you, you, let him go. If you're getting like if if Seattle is like, hey, we want your third next year and Lavoie for Carson Susie, which I don't even think is close to what Susie ends up going for. But I think like you do that. Yeah. You just you, you, at some point you need to look at it. And I mentioned those seven guys who could factor into your top nine. You throw Holloway into that mix next year. McLeod could be in that mix. Like you could see how the Oilers top nine is kind of set. Yep. So there's not really like a good skilled role for a guy like a Lavoie or like a whoever to to slide into over the next two seasons.
4: Is there any, is there any trade value to Lavoie Samarukov and a first round pick? Like, is thats thats that, is that, is that, is that,
0: Getting us in the, in the conversation for a, a goaltender now, the only thing, the only point where they might get outbid in that situation is just cause you're not floating an a level prospect out there. Whereas like a team like the Rangers, if you're bidding against them, they're probably willing to move an a level prospect this year and other teams might be willing to move an impact piece. And I have a feeling organizations would probably sit there and be like, no, nah, we're take we're taking the a piece over to B pieces. Right. The only team that might not is like Seattle, just because I think they might value like a bulk of prospects because they don't have an American League team and they got to fill out an American League roster next season. Right. So maybe Seattle sits there and is like, hey, if you give us Samurakov and you give us Lavoie, you know, maybe we give you Susie and hey, we're getting our value back. We've got a couple guys who can play in the farm next year and be that in, in our pipeline because they don't have a pipeline right now.
4: Are you making that D trade before a goalie trade?
0: I'm i making, don't know if i am i'm making them whenever no order who cares if if it, well because if you if you if you make that d trade first you're kind of out of
4: money for your goaltender you're out of assets to make your goalie trade are you not
3: you got your first you got your second next year well and that's where you'd hope that the gm could figure that stuff out but that's where you get creative like, well man, i mean, I mean
4: the, uh, at one point if you spend your assets your assets are gone right
0: yeah but i i would certainly hope he has enough assets to make two trades <laughs> Like you should Fair, be able yeah, to go no. get a Susie or a left-handed defenseman. The other deal that, I mean, it's been floated out by a few people now wrist for Barry straight up. Would you do that right now? Straight up. Hell yeah. In a you don't even think twice about that. Like I don't love wrist at all. I think he, he gets really overvalued because of his size and his age. Um, he's big. Yeah. He's just, he's big, right? But Friedman wrote about how Ristolainen for his own value really wants to get into a playoff series because he thinks that's when he'll be the most valuable. He's played almost like 600 games, I think, in the NHL, never played in a playoff series. Thank you, Buffalo. He's in Buffalo, yeah. And the big part of that deal as well is like you get a more shutdown type D-man for Barry and Barry's off your books, right? That four and a half million in the summer, that's huge. That's big. Yeah. All those block shots are no longer being blocked. And on the Daily Faceoff show, we talked a little bit about some of these teams that aren't in the playoff hunt could be buyers. They could look at the market and be like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to sell off a little, but I think there's pressure in Philly to like turn it around quickly. And if Chuck Fletcher, like if they get off to a bad start next year, Chuck Fletcher's done. So I think Chuck Fletcher might sit there and go, yeah, I could get a second round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen or a third round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen, but I might, he might be more inclined to get a warm body back for him. And people know Tyson Berry.
3: And that strikes me as a Philly move too. Like That'd be I mean, so good. They've that's been like when they went after like Mark Streit back yeah. in the day, and then uh, there was another one too. Another young. I mean, they signed Yandel this offseason. Yeah, and Yandel's not good. They loved Ghost Bear for a while. Mm-hmm.
2: Friday afternoon, you don't need to cook. You don't want to cook. You've worked enough for this week. Our friends at DoorDash Ding Dong are here for you, and they are here to ready to bring you Oodle Noodle wherever you are in the city. Check them out. Download the app. DoorDash. Shout out to you. Tyler, you've been working through some other trade rumor stuff mm-hmm. on weathersnation.com and our YouTube page. Go subscribe to the YouTube page, by the way. We are putting a lot more work on that one, and I'd love for you to check it out. What other rumors are you kind of seeing out there?
0: Okay. You know what, you know me. You know I like playing armchair GM, right? No, you do. Woz, don't clip this because I don't need people fucking yelling at me the Waz, way they yelled this at me an order. for when I when I threw out I just gently threw it on Twitter I was like hey who says no Hagel for Puliarvi I was just curious but well, where did that
2: come from like where did that thought come
0: from I was sitting there and I was like I like Brandon Hagel one and a half million for two more years cost controlled like that's an unreal deal for a guy who could probably score you 15 20 goals next season so I was just thinking like I wonder what should if I'm you know if I'm the GM in Chicago whoever ends up getting hired there and I look at Edmonton I have Luffy. young Brandon Hagel Peter Peter, oh, hopefully Peter. Shirelli. Yeah. Um, but if, if I'm the GM in Chicago, who would I want from Edmonton in that situation? And what popped in my head was like, if I'm the Chicago GM, I probably start by asking for Poole And then I was like, hmm, does Edmonton do that? Ooh, would Chicago even do that? Cause apparently Chicago has been offered a first rounder and a prospect for Hagel. And they're saying no. Wow. So that's why I threw that out there. And Oilers fans just did not react. Your kindly. response for the record was, I don't think. I would do that.
4: You didn't say no. You said, I don't think yeah, I would do I that. because I don't think I would do it. So, Not a definite no. I'm a definite no.
2: Right now, as we're recording this, Friday, February 25th, 46 games played. Jesse pooley has 12 goals, 16 assists for 28 points. Brandon Hagel, 14 goals, 13 assists for 27 points in the same amount of
4: games. So they're very, very close. What the about like their game. fancy stats, though? Because I feel like uh, yes, it does a lot of stuff away yes, from that puck. Sure. His forechecking is... And he's
2: also a right. Top notch. You no. Know, he's also a right winger. Yeah. Hegel's a lefty. And I think the others are a little bit crowded on the left hand side. Yes.
0: Tyler, Yeah, think. it is. But you also have the versatility up there, right? Like Hyman can play both wings. Fogel can play both wings. I think McLeod's even played both wings a little bit this year. Yeah, so He's yeah. playing right wing with uh, Kane and, and Leon. So like you have the versatility there and and Kane might not be here long term, right? I don't we can get into that later if we want, but I, he is a lefty and that's not great. So that's probably ultimately why I wouldn't do it. Also, I, I value Jesse more. I think his defensive game doesn't get enough love amongst, amongst the fan base at times. Um, so I wouldn't do it but I think it's a lot close. Like I just, I had 157 replies to the fucking tweet. Yeah. You got roasted. I got roasted and people were like, oh, "Who? who's Hegel? Oh, that's a terrible <laughs> trade for Edmonds. it's like, you know, I, I he don't scored think scored against us that night. Yeah, he did. I don't think it would be like a terrible trade. Like I think it'd be a fan favorite hurt. I just, it, yeah. Was it, say he's it's, a fan favorite. And if you yeah. separate that fact from it, I, and I don't know this has like, who's Brandon Hagel. That's a nobody. And it's like, uh-huh. well, you're clearly not watching enough hockey. Then you're just an Oilers fan. Yes. So
3: like, whatever. But it's like, you know, like who, since Ryan Smith has, has a fan base, Enveloped more in the city, Brandon
0: Davidson.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. David. people loved him. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, love maybe we just maybe Brad we alone. just le-
4: maybe we just led the uh, the charge in that. So it was, it was definitely in our ears. But they they were they everybody clamored and they brought him back.
2: Yeah, it's true. I wouldn't put hell of it an interview same. also on
4: the real life podcast. Mm-hmm. Great interview. No, he's not as the same quality yeah. of player, but I'm but just I saying just think in that, terms of in, in, in the hearts of, yeah. of Oiler fans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was right there. I would say I outside that since Nuge, not really anybody.
3: Jesse's trade value perceived by this fan base is very hard to gauge. Yeah. Versus reality. And I, and I also think that there's I an wonder, element of the other side where there's people that hate on Jesse just because he's Jesse. Yeah. I wonder what would have,
2: the reaction would have been if that exact same tweet that you put out had Kayler Yamamoto instead of
1: yep.
0: yes, people Polyron. would do it in a heartbeat. Tweet it right now and see it. Uh, no. And I'm, and, and I'm not so
4: sure I do that either. Like, I need to watch Hags more um, just as game style. But what Pooley RV and what uh, Yam do away from the puck yeah. in terms of retrieving the puck, uh, I think is is extremely important. And when you can reach the way that Pooley RV does, knock a puck off a stick and then have Connor going at full speed to pick that thing up for that breakaway against John Gibson. Dude, that's huge. And then the way um, Yam gets in the corners and gets underneath everyone's shoulders and gets his ass in front of, uh, in between the player and a puck, that's massive. We don't have a lot of that.
0: We have it right now. We almost have it in abundance, and I would not be moving it. I, I would move Yamamoto for Hagel just from the simple perspective of two years, one and a half mil.
3: Tweet it. Do it. Let's see
4: it.
0: I'm not tweeting it. That's fair. Well, but okay. I, I
4: don't think, I don't think Yamamoto or Pugliarvi based on this season are going to have that much of a, their agents are not going to have that much of a argument the in only, terms of getting massive raises. Even with, um, yeah, I'm going to arbitration. I don't know how arbitration but gives you them could that just, much more.
0: I think him and Hagel are similar quality and you could guarantee two years, one and a half mil. Like the cap situation just makes too much sense to not do that deal if it was on the What table. do you think arbit- gives uh, Yamla right now? Like I know obviously you'd have to go but look it's at a one, it, it. Even then it's a one year bandaid, right? Or you or
4: you can sign a multiple um, based on what that one year is.
0: I take Hagel over Yamamoto. Tweet,
4: Tweet your replies
2: to at Tyler Uremchuk.
0: <laughs> and you I, I like Yamamoto. Yamamoto. I'm just, I'm high on Hagel.
2: Our friends at Cornerstone Insurance, they are high on you having the products you need to cover your life. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance. They've got it all. Cornerstoneins.ca, left hand side of the screen. As always, citizens of the nation, you click that baby, you get yourself a
3: discount. Good? Of course. Cornerstoneins.ca. Just, just so the listeners know, that didn't register as an ad on Tyler's little ad thing. Good job, bag Milk. Thank you. That wasn't even an ad. That's what you get here at uh, Oilers Nation Radio when you, get you sponsor We high our quality
2: pods. ad reads. If you want to sponsor real. this podcast, just give me your money. Reach out to Tyler. Thank you. Yes. Can, you can I touch Tyler? Go ahead.
0: Can I throw you a hypothetical armchair GM trade? Yes, yep. please. Again, this is just me spitballing. <laughs> not Wals saying I'd do it. Connor, for was make please, this please. clip say Tyler Ramchuk guarantees. So we heard Dominic Kubalik's name in the rumor mill, connected to the Oilers via mm-hmm. yeah, the Czech media. Mm-hmm. Second round pick and a prospect for Dom Kubalik, and then you flip Yamamoto for Carson Susi. Are the Oilers a better team after making those two trades? Instantly. Yes, except for,
4: like I said this before, um, I still think that goaltending is a massive issue.
0: Yep. And I think that's the first thing I go and try and fix first. But they're a better team. If you have two holes in a boat, you don't pick what order. Just fucking fill one. Fair, That's but I'm filling fill- no,
4: fill- the bigger. I'm filling the bigger hole first. One you have. A, Stop that. One you have a smaller size hole, and
3: one you have like yeah, it's, it's bringing I on some water. We, we clipped a clip about me and holes last week, so what? that has to be that has to be <laughs> not that Dan and his
4: holes.
2: Hey, the interesting thing about Kubelik is he is a one-time thirty-goal scorer as well.
0: In his rookie season, he was yeah. a Calder finalist that year.
2: This year he has 10 goals, 9 assists, in 52 games, so he's having a little bit of a down year this year.
3: Perfect year to get him.
2: Maybe that brings the value down, right? I don't know. Uh, Tyler, you did bring up something earlier that I want to touch on. Our boy Evander Kane. He is playing very well for the Oilers. He is giving them everything everybody expected on the ice that he would. He's brash. He's mixing it up. I talked about it last week. I laughed out loud in my house when he popped Claude Lemieux's kid in the face. He's scoring goals. He's hitting. Do you think, boys, that there's a chance the Oilers re-sign Evander Kane, or is this a one and done?
0: There's a chance, because Ken Holland has shown he can't help himself. Right? We saw it with Tyson Barry. He can't... Ken Holland, the one-year show-me deal, what they should do with Evander Kane at the end of the season is shake hands and say, hey, that was... Thank you. We we both helped each other. You got some value back. We got a good player for the last half of the season. Enjoy Florida or Columbus or Arizona. <laughs> I can see him signing in Arizona. Sure.
4: You want him to go to your second favorite team. Yeah. Uh, so you go to- yeah. Columbus just sneaks that in there. Hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love the idea of going and re-signing the guy still. That's, that's just my take on it.
2: Not but do you the think money, they
0: will? Yeah. yeah. I think they're going to make an attempt. I just, I don't even know what, what's Evander King going to get? Well, that's an interesting
2: question because he may have burned some bridges in a couple of places. We saw him get booed really? by Why? two separate fan bases in the span of a week. It's pretty hilarious. I kind of enjoyed it actually. Dan, do you think
3: he comes back? I, I am with Tyler and thinking that Ken Holland, makes an attempt, but I don't think that, that the Oilers can match what another team will offer him just based off of his on ice skill alone. And that's not, I don't think that's unfair to say that. Um, I well, don't have a lot of money. I just think that, yeah, I think that there's going to, it's probably gonna have to be a short term deal because as a team, you want to lessen your exposure. Like we saw with the San Jose sharks having to get out of that contract. So I think you're going to probably see a short-term deal and it's probably going to be in that six, seven, you know, that number, it, it's probably going to be pretty high. I would think you don't, you don't agree. Seven. No, I think that's, I think that's too
4: high. I think you're going to get, um, I don't think anybody really offers them that, that much money, uh,
3: even if you think, he, like at the like the the effectiveness he has, because right there's everything.
4: only going to be let's just say a third of the teams in the league who actually want him. Right. Uh, then you're going to break it down into who and where they want to play him, how much you want to pay for a player like that. Uh, Seven million dollars, I think that's especially for for this dude right like now.
3: One year of Vander Kane.
4: Right yeah, now. honestly, I I think you I I think the Oilers can try and get in there and get him for something cheaper. I honestly think. I'm fully on with Duncan Keith, not playing next year and giving us a hell of a lot more money than we were ever assuming we're going
0: to have. Yeah. I don't think that's going to
3: happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And happen you
0: can't plan for
4: that either. Dare to, dream. Dare to oh, dream. Oh yeah. That's definitely one of the things I, I, I do as it annoys a lot of people with my optimism, but um, I just, I do it. I, I don't see how a guy like that wants to come back and and, and play it at, at just over a million dollars. And with the injuries I had this year and yeah, it's very much on the, on uh. uh, uh little odds, but there may have been a handshake deal that says he's coming for one year and that's what, and that was it.
3: You're talking about Duncan
4: Heath yeah. or Kane? No, Keith. And then all of a sudden you have the money to sign um, all three Kane, Yamamoto and Puliar, because like I said before, I don't what think do you either even, one of those guys have a lot of money.
0: I think Evander Kane, just knowing kind of what we know about things. I think he's going to chase wherever is the most money. Fair, but I, I don't,
4: I don't know if there's going to be that much more out there uh, dollar wise offered above and then um, competitive of the team he's going to go to compared to what he can come and play in Edmonton. For. I bet you
0: he gets two years, four and a half million per.
2: I could buy that. And I think it's going to be in a play. Place where the see, lifestyle for him is just—he's not always in the questions. public eye.
0: Yeah. I could see Arizona signing him. I can see Columbus. Signing. You want him to go play at
4: ASU with the in the college in the college uh, lifestyle? That's the mean, perfect place. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just think that they like—he's played in Winnipeg. That was like a fishbowl for him. I don't know that but he
4: played there the, for a couple of years, right?
2: He did, yeah. But I just don't know that he'd want to come back to the fishbowl to the bus
4: rides. Yeah, no, those I guess are off. That's no, terrible, but the chicken fingers are fantastic. Oh, wi Fi was horrendous legendary. back then.
2: And the curbs are very high.
4: Stupid cabs without the back. And if you seat. have
2: more than three friends, you can't get in a cab.
4: No. Yep.
2: I would love to hear from you, though, if you're listening to this or when radio podcast. Do you think Evander Kane will come back next year? Do you think the weather should sign him? Because, like I said, on ice, he's done everything this team could have hoped he would. Yeah. Scoring big goals, getting assists, mixing it up, throwing the body around. It's what he does and it's what he's doing. Right? I would want to hear from you. So hit us up again. ON Radio Podcast. A couple of other things for just a couple of housekeeping things I want to get to. Actually, you know what? Let's get to Ask the Idiots. I'll do the housekeeping after. Busterspizza.ca. They've got a location near you. If you want to grab something to eat this weekend, I promise there is going to be a location that serves you well whether you want a donair, whether you want some pizza, they got it. Buster's pizza.ca as always for Ask the idiots, the boys are hearing these questions for the first time you've sent these through to me throughout the week. There was a lot this week. So if I did not get to you, I apologize, but we just can't have this segment running for six hours. You know, we'd like to,
4: This is a New York podcast.
2: Yeah. Better better (laughs) late than never. Last night with Wanya was a three hour episode. Shots fired. I didn't even know it was
4: over yet. (laughs) Intermission.
2: It was funny. Jay called me this morning and he's just like, are you done recording with Wanya now? (laughs) Nice. Cause we did two and a half, two and three quarter hours last night. And then we stopped recording and then he and I bullshitted for another 35 minutes. But what happened in that post call was that Wanya and I might just do a bi-weekly long form podcast together where we just bullshit for three hours. We'll see if you're interested in that, hit me up. I'd like to hear it, but back to business, ask the idiots for busters, We want to hear from you. First question for, I was almost going to Ron Burgundy this one. One second. All right. This one is Dan. I'm going to start with you because you're right beside me. Knowing what we know about CTE and given the league's apparent stance on brain injuries, why is there no mandatory concussion tests for combatants right after a fight or concussion protocol?
3: Do you think that's a good idea? I implement my fifth amendment rights. No, I I, I don't know. Like it's there's there's okay. I I run HockeyFights.com for, for the company. There's not, There's not a lot of evidence that says that CTE comes from fighting, establishes itself in fighting. Um, So I'd love to see some more studies done on that. There's there's a lot of great work that's being done. We need more information. I love watching you tap to be able to. Well, it's just you need more information (laughs) to be able to figure out how to do this stuff. Um, I do agree, though, that I will agree with them that I think the concussion spotter work. Has gone kind of slow and quiet, whereas we were we were. You don't, I haven't really heard about it yeah. for a while. It's just been, yeah. They just yeah. pulled
4: Shosturkin out in the middle of a fucking third period. And they, they, put, really? they put him They pulled him out. What happened in the last little bit of the third period? And he came back in overtime because he was fine.
2: Did he get beaten with a puck or what happened?
4: Ah, uh, yeah, he might got knocked into by by another player or something like that. Rick, he you, was fine.
2: Rick, do you think they should have uh, concussion <laughs> protocol tests after a fight?
4: not all fights. No, Uh, I think that's what I was going to say too, is the last thing. Yeah. Not all fights. I think the ones that are obvious are there. Um, And those guys get pulled off anyway. Yeah. They're usually, yeah, they usually have an issue. Right. Um, And then it's up to the, it's up to the, the, the the shot caller there who's watching and says, if you took one really hard on the, on, on the chin that you should probably go get looked at. And I think they probably do do that. Uh, It's just, it doesn't happen all that much. And like yeah. Dan said, the math so far that we've been, rep- uh, it's been reported to uh, the public says there's not a large correlation between CTE and fighting.
3: Tyler. Hi, no, if the guy gets his bell rung, sure. I don't know. I do. I don't, it's care. just, it's like, a, like, like everybody's just kind of saying, it's just, you know, if it's obvious, absolutely. Let's get them off of there. And but let's. they're get going, it they're out. going but, off. Yeah. Cause but usually they the hit th- 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 their head. And they're but like, that's okay. the thing is exactly is that often, like it's such a tough spot to sit there because these guys just want to play the game and they don't really, they, they just kind of, they throw caution to the wind and that's how they have to play the game in general too, right? It's played at 200 miles an hour. And so you're just kind of, you're out there and you're a part of it. So yeah, I mean, always, 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 we should be deferring to helping player safety, but that's uh that's a question that it's, it's a case by case basis.
2: I, an unlicensed doctor would like to say that, all I of mean, this was allegedly in all our of this was medical research that you could take <laughs> to the bank. <laughs> it was not, um, I could see it having concussion spotters step in, but I think that if a guy, if guys just cruise to the bench, like right immediately or the penalty box, I should say,
4: there's well. guys there watching right now. Like, there's, there's concussion yeah. spotters out there. Like, they're there right now. And if there's somebody if that bad, they will pull them off. A
2: fight goes and the guys are just like, yeah, you know how it goes. And then they go straight to the, like, don't waste our time. But, like, don't waste their happens, time. Yeah. Then, of course. Question number two Tyler, starting at the other end of the table, do you think it's a better idea to get rid of Smith's contract at the deadline or Koskinen's contract to try and get a starter? <laughs>
0: I mean, they both would have pluses miko you're getting rid of more money this season right you free up four and a half mil which would be nice smith you're out of that deal for next year but if smith you know is hurt doesn't want to play next year is just going to go on ltir then you know you don't need to get rid of that contract so yeah go get Koskinen. i'll say either or um the priority would be freeing up money for this year's deadline so whichever way you do it as long as you have enough money to bring in a d-man and a goalie just make it work
4: rick this Miko just for the dollar wise for right now, he's probably your better backup right now between the two. But um, I think you just need the money. If you're getting the starter right now, you're bringing Stu in for number two and uh, no Miko's the the answer for right now.
3: Nation dead. I, I ripped on him earlier, but yes, I would agree that Smith is probably just going to have to be your backup this year and, and Miko frees up a little bit more. and it's easier to make Smith's money go away next year. And also Miko is probably the more enticing of the two for another team as well. Right. So
4: I'm going to
2: say, I'm going to just, This is very boring, but yeah, Miko is just dollars, dollars, dollars. Uh, Question number three. This is a little bit longer. Rick, I'm starting with you. With so far, with the disappointing and inconsistent goaltending right now, it's got me thinking that a googly-eyed green bastard from parts unknown would do better between the pipes. Should the Oilers go after not one, but two goalies if we... If we did, who would you go after that's realistic? Personally, I would go after Spencer Martin as a backup and Alexander Gorgiev as the starter. I'm not sure that's even possible. Just hoping
4: for everyone's thoughts. Yes, you do go after two goaltenders. One of them, however, has happened to be in your organization already. So you're going with Smith and I'm on I'm on board. Oh, sorry, you go with uh, Stu and you go uh, Stu and Holtby. So there, there, there's my goal.
3: Nation dead. It's it's going to be so hard to work one goalie in there to get two goalies at this point, I think is just kind of one of them. We have already high in the sky and that's Rick. Yeah. Rick, you found the workaround for sure. Hey, he's already here. But to answer the question, I think you can only really bring in one from outside. Tyler, your M check.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think you can only get one, um, go get whatever a hopey. Maybe you take a chance on a Forsberg. Maybe there's a bigger deal out there, but get the one guy, bring him in. He'll ride shotgun with, Probably Mike Smith for the rest of the year, maybe Stuart Skinner. But whatever way you do it, uh, you just need to get one. Do
2: either of those goalies entice any of you, Spencer Martin or Alexander Gorgiev?
0: I think Gorgiev too expensive and he's too inconsistent right now. I think they need more of a sure bet right right now, and so no, I would say no to both of them. I think you need to go get someone with a bit more experience and who can bring a bit more consistency to the
3: crease. Anybody in on these two guys? No, I would. I would still give Gorgiev a shot myself. But as you, uh, you got to give gonna, him it's as an you, an as you a lot one, too, though. right? Oh, it's it's always going to come down to cost for sure. But yeah, I, I would like at this point, I'm pretty willing to accept just about any goalie out there. But it's got to be better than we have right now. That's but when you look, at, you that look that at Corpus Allo point.
4: out of Columbus, like that. I wouldn't do the Corpus Alo. I wouldn't touch it. Corpus Allo if he only cost a fourth round pick because I don't, it, don't think he's an upgrade. I mean, and that's why also, Martin Jones out of Philly, I wouldn't have done either. And yeah. what did we offer the fifth round for that? Yeah.
3: See, I'd right. take both of those guys because I just think that even just bringing in some fresh blood will help this situation a lot. Looking I'd at, do Forsberg just because he's got at least got good numbers this year. Yeah. But,
2: 917 for Forsberg in Ottawa, and they're terrible. Gorgiev, meanwhile, in New York is an 898. If you're gonna go for it, you're gonna find a goalie, it's a good team. If you're gonna find a goalie, you might want somebody that's an upgrade, at but
3: least. Holtby. You're Arguably got. come in low ball I'm right? Holt being skinner. All right, Tyler, I'm starting with
2: you. You have one question to ask anybody at all in the Oilers organization, be it Mr. Cates, upper management, players, coaches, etc. The person you ask has to answer your question honestly. Oh. Who are you asking? And do you have an idea on a question?
0: Who am I at? So, and so I get full on 100% truth serum.
2: Yeah. You get one true oh, answer from anybody in the organization.
0: Mm. Man, that is a great question just for my own peace of mind. Oh fuck. I don't know. I'm going to get ripped for this. <laughs>
4: <Yes>. <laughs> oh. There's not
0: an answer you could come up with where you're not going to get ripped for it. Yeah. Okay. This is my question. You cannot don't at me at Tyler. Here I'm I asked Connor McDavid if how much more patience he has.
2: I think that's a good question it's
0: though. Pandora's box. I just,
3: I'd be scared about hearing that answer. I that's would be you too. You can't ask the question you don't want to know the answer to,
0: but I do want to know the answer to it. No, you don't. Cause then I could relay that information to other places.
3: Yeah. I'd hey be geez. my. I think it would.
0: I think I. You know, because if you get the answer, <laughs> then
4: he's going to sell out Connor McDavid, and the website will crash immediately. Oh, <laughs> snitches get stitches. Over. Yeah, he's already going to his betting account and which team he wants to go to. He's
0: yeah. Plus twelve hundred. Yeah, I'll put the money on that guy in right there. Uh, yeah, I just that's probably the biggest one, right? If things don't sure. go well this year, or next year, you know, Rick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's so many ways. Well, I,
4: the, the easiest the easiest one is uh what's your pin number Mr. Cates? Um <laughs> Oh, that is a bold question, <laughs> right? I like like he's got to tell me. Yeah, yeah. what's? The, I want your online banking information, sir. Um, but a little more uh, hockey-related. Taking a peek at that thing just to see. Whoa! Oh, I yeah, quickly make a transfer over you know, maybe one or two commas. He's not even going to notice. Uh,
2: a quick dent in there, nothing. Yeah. No biggie.
4: Oh, just replace the divot. Yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, hockey, it would have to be. Uh, it's it's Holland and it's. Um, why haven't you fixed this goal thing? What are you doing? Like it's, it's about goaltending and to the GM and that that's it. That's, that's where I, that's the only thing holding us back right now.
3: Nation dead. I've I'm really glad that you guys answered first. Cause it gave me a lot of time and I was running through some dark circles, um, but <laughs> I've settled on a question for one burger man, mm. Bobby Nix himself. You can't get the fries for free. And the question is how did the, Re-signing of a Miko Koskinen actually go down.
2: I'm just that would be a really good. question. I'm really good fascinated question. behind that one. That would so, be yeah. a really good question
3: because that to me that tells you exactly what you need to know about this organization currently. Well, that's a couple of years ago, though. No, but it's but that's the head of your organization, but it's, and
2: it's still it's we're still talking about it four years later.
3: And Ken Holland because yeah, the GM a hasn't had a line. chance and hasn't, re- hasn't fixed it. I just want to know from Bobby Nix, how that went down. Did he supply the pen to Ken or to, uh to Peter Shirelli? Wow. Dude, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm
4: I guessing he had very little to do with that stuff. That's what I'm saying. He's a business guy. Curious. They brought him in to overwatch hockey, gave all the hockey guy, all the hockey stuff to Shirelli and went along, did his business stuff.
3: But here's the thing. As he the has hockey to answer th- me. He has to answer me. That's the answer, yeah. right? So I want to know the truth. I don't think it's going to be a very
4: juicy answer though. I think it'd be kind of
3: dry.
2: I'm going to ask Mr. Kate something. I'm going to ask him. Not his
4: pin number. Nope. After me.
2: I want to know. I don't believe for a second, the narrative that some Oilers fans have that he doesn't care. I don't believe that for a second. No chance. What I want to know is what he truly thinks of the way his money is being spent. Because I imagine he gives the management team autonomy to do what they want Mm -hmm. because that's probably how it should go. But ultimately He's still paying Dave Tippett. He's paying Ken Holland five million dollars a year. We are in year seven of Connor McDavid's uh, NHL career, and this is where we're at. I would love to know what he thinks about how his team, his management team, mm-hmm. is spending his money.
3: Wouldn't that be interesting? He'd be like, yep. Fuck. I would. Yeah. If I was asking Kate's a question, I think I'd ask him like, "What interventions have you had to do since you owned the team?" Like that, if you stepped one. in and said, "I want this change. changed,"
4: yeah. Well, I heard he ripped into the uh, into the scouts and whatnot a couple weeks ago. And, the I, and, that, and, that. and, and I want to and I
3: want to hear platform. about every single one of those people mm-hmm. that he's he's laid into because I think that that oh, would yeah, be I interesting the, for Euler fans to hear. I want the that their video, owner does care. Right? Video yeah. footage.
2: I I refuse. Like I said, I refuse to believe the narrative that he doesn't care. There's There's no, no chance. Refuse to
4: believe it. No chance.
2: Last question: Ask the idiots? I'm going to start with Dan on this one. What would you set the over under at for moves for the Oilers at deadline day? And once the line's set, are you taking the over or are you taking the under?
3: Well, Tyler is the guy that I would let set the line, but I, I'm going to get Tyler it's set the line for us. Two and a half. Damn it. I was going to say three and a half, so I'll go over.
0: I'd take the over two. That's just what I think the line would be set at. I was going to set it at one and a half
4: because I feel like two is very easy. Uh, if it's three and a half. If it's two and a half, what are you saying? Tyler said a two, two and a half. I still think it's, I think they're make two moves. I think there's one type of defensive, defensive defenseman move and the goaltender move.
2: The line's two and a half. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say under, I think we get maybe two moves, but I don't think it's going to be a busy deadline day.
0: I think it'll be, you get a goalie, get a D man. And there's a trade to offload a contract. That's why I, oh, man, I would, you got really got me
4: going on this uh, Edmonton Philly one. Now with Barry and Ristolainen make that trade. Find your goalie. Let's go into the playoffs. Take the rest of the summer off, Kenny. But you know that he's going to make more depth moves. You, you know don't. Yeah, I, I just. But, 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 but unless
0: unless he looks at Russell coming back as his depth guy, right? Like let's say, yeah. like let's say you can do Barry for in, and then you can do your second for Holpi. Your second next year in twenty twenty three is a loaded draft. Second for Holpi, Barry for Ristalainen. Russell comes back on the left side right now. That's a that's a solid deadline, and then you have okay. a deal in there too, where it's like you know you're, f- Fifth next year for and Archibald a, for an Archibald, Archibald. for Koskinen oh, yeah. at 50% retained. So you're losing that two mil off Koskinen. you gave up your fifth next year. Is there any value to Arch? No. I think he's a warm body for somebody I mean, like an played, American team penalties. who plays,
4: yeah. you know, the majority of their games I in the That's Like, right What are now. we, what are like, is it, plays, is it a fifth round pick, fourth round pick? Yeah. Is it like, I think
2: for me with Archibald, you take what you get if you can't get, play a
4: fifth rounder. You know, I just think that he's, he's been on not LTIR that, all year, right? Yeah.
2: What's
0: his contract? Cause he's got to come off that 1.1 1. 1 or something. I, I just think that he's not in the plans. You could send him down can't to be. Bakersfield, right. And just lose that money. But the other thing too, someone pointed this out on Twitter. No,
4: you can't play in, you can't play in the AHL if you're not vaxxed. You can't play in the American League. I believe
0: that's their rule. I don't know. I don't or at know. least in California. I think we've talked about this before, actually. But I, I did read, like, you can't even send the guy down for a conditioning stint right now. He hasn't played in the NHL all year. <laughs> and you can't send him down to Bakersfield
3: for three games because he'd have to quarantine on either side of it and it'd be yeah, fucking pointless. Could it just take forever? <laughs> so, yeah. or, or you send him down to Bakersfield and then you leave him as your American player. And you can bring them up when you play American games. I guess that's have to waddle along to the next team. Yeah, were you
0: the one talking before the show about how many games they have in the states it's this year? It's Fifteen games even, right? in
3: Canada and sixteen games in the states. Fuck yeah, send them down Bakersfield then.
0: Either either someone claims them and you lose the money or you have him as that option, but like, it makes no sense to go out of your way at all, to bring Josh Archibald into the mix. He's not that much better than anyone they have in the bottom six. Now
4: he would make it that much harder to, uh, for the defenseman. If you go to, tw- if you're going yeah. 12 and six, you're going to make it harder on defenseman. So if you're going 11 and seven and you use an arch, you're taking Benson out or something like that. You might as well move him at that point. Cause if you're going to have him, you might as well play him. Like this is um, obviously a guy who's done everything you want. The organization wanted to, as opposed to Arch. You- See you later,
0: buddy. And if you think Archibald's changed at all, um, if you go to his Twitter and his like tweets, his last two liked tweets are from some random account. Um, It's from like a casino lifestyle account. (laughs) So keep that in mind. How they got this information on Josh Archibald, I don't know. But it's from this Casino Lifestyle account that tweeted in some random argument. Have another look at the actual facts of the story. There's no confirmation Archibald's myocarditis was a result of COVID, only speculation. He had a non-related severe viral infection when he arrived in training camp. He had COVID during the summer, but he also had a severe viral infection Whoa. when he arrived. There's no way to know for certain which instance the myocard, which instance caused the myocarditis. Then he ends up by going the at NHL puppet media implies it's from COVID because it fits the everyone must get vaccinated narrative. And those tweets have a combined five likes between the two of them. How and recent? Two of them are Josh Archibald. Those How are recent? from uh, late November 2021.
4: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean maybe there's a, a hair of, a hair of an me. argument that says that there's no connect or you can't really connect the two, but it's one of those things where it's like ninety-five
0: percent sure like it's also why does this casino lifestyle account have all this information on Josh Archibald? <laughs> Great point. Yeah,
2: why
4: is he liking this random It's <laughs> <account? laughs> all their bets, man.
2: All right. Ask the idiots, I gotta give away a a gift card. So I'm gonna do my little spinnings.
4: Little Dan's hat stuck on his head.
2: Dan's hat is re- is prepared. Dan is participating. Hat I'm is gonna not. give this Gift card to Riley. Riley, I think you asked a great question. Which one or what question would you ask anybody in the Oilers organization? I think the boys gave some good answers. That was
0: an awesome question.
2: Riley, you get a gift card. I will reach out to you post-podcast. Congratulations. Eat up. It's delicious. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items before we get to ask the idiots. A few cold. Performers. What did I just say? That's ask the, the idiots. idiots. cold performers. A couple of things this that I want to get to. Uh, Tyler Benson. We talked about him. Shout out to Tyler Benson. Finally scoring his first NHL goal against Minnesota. Wild Poor guy had to
0: coming. do it on that game.
2: Yeah, that was a bummer,
0: but at least like his parents were in the building yeah, and dope. it was a really, really cool moment
2: to be from Edmonton. Score your first goal in Edmonton for the Oilers. That's a great story. Not to mention, I'll never get tired of watching guys score their first. The reactions are great. He pushed Caprice after it was just <laughs> it was, the whole thing. I love that. Uh, March 2nd. So that is Wednesday, I believe. That is your deadline for the Nashville trip. If you want to come with us to Nashville, Wednesday is your deadline. So procrastination will not be your friend here. People head on over to nationgear.ca and get the details for that trip. As we mentioned, Josh Archibald also healthy. He is trying to get back into the NHL. Where that goes, I have no idea, but it will be uh, an interesting story to follow as we go through the rest of the season.
0: Let me ask you this. Will he play for the Oilers this season? No. 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 Do you think so? Um No, yeah, I'll say no to then. I there's a part of me that <laughs> the pressure. the whole Put him in Bakersfield. He could go down there. I don't think there's a quarantine in California anymore. I might be wrong on that. I'm not sure. Um, but I know California is relaxing a lot of their rules. He might be able to go down to Bakersfield and you could just bring him around the States with you as you go. But like even then, like I don't know why you'd go out of your way for the guy. But I, I think the doors maybe open a little bit, but I would also say no if, you, if it was a gun to But also got to
2: think of a guy who's missed 50-plus games at this point in the season is going to be a little bit rusty.
0: Before all of that, would you not yeah.
4: go talk to your, uh, your nucleus, if you will? Like, I think somebody yeah. asked about that before, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we go, Connor, Leon, Darnell, what do you guys think? Should we bring this guy back? What are your thoughts? You know, like, uh, get out of here. <laughs> oh, you can just turn him off with a switch. I thought you have to hit all the buttons. That was good.
2: I saw him coming. <laughs> Uh, also on Wednesday, I got to give a major shout out to my boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 700 games in the NHL on Wednesday night. Incredible. It has been a long trip.
3: Look at the sound bar where you pressed all the buttons at the same oh, yeah, time. It's loud. Yeah. I like
0: loud. that. I'll, yeah, that won't be that loud won't hear in, in the ears of the people listening. Cause I'll That's fix nice. that, but
2: I just had to go for it, you know?
0: had
4: funny. to last opportunity I have
0: it, I have it yeah he turned hell. it down he turned the the gray thing went
4: down the he's like <laughs> I have not
3: turned what, it, what the
0: <laughs> what uh, did he do what did he break what he hit the solo one so all we were hearing in our headphones was nothingness for a little there oh yeah. soloness
2: this is why you should just let me touch stuff so I don't have to haphazardly swing away right Right. Uh, time for hot and cold performers. Tyler, get your buttons ready. They're mm-hmm. no longer allowed to touch because he is back at his board. It is time to look back at the last seven days of the, of our lives and pick the bright sides and the low sides. And as we do, we start off with our veggies. I just want to say thank you for the support from Deuce Vodka for the long time. I know our contract with you ran out, but thank you. Thank you for being the sponsor of hot and cold performers.
3: Thanks for dropping a deuce.
2: Everybody loves it. Uh huh. Cold
3: performer of the week.
2: I'm going to start off with Rick. He's down at the end of the table. Your, well, your veggies from this last seven days.
4: Well, I think it's pretty obvious if you go outside of the sports world, but I'm going to try and not do that right now. Um, This goes to an entire league and maybe a couple of teams because they gave us a, a glimpse of something that was going to be really really cool. I think even if it lasted for about seven seconds, and then it was all taken away today. So this goes to the ECHL <laughs> and everybody involved with bringing Sean Avery back. Because if you what were watching, um, Barnaby said if uh, if Avery signs a contract, I'll sign with anybody in the in the division. Just give me what you can play me as much as Torts used to. Like they were they were going out there just to scrap. Them. The Rock jumped in. Theo Peckham jumped. In. These guys are all willing to go out there and play one game against Avery. And I think that would have been a hell of a time to watch. So we're going to give it to everybody who got my hopes up about watching Sean Avery is ass whooped. I'm all set.
3: I'll take some responsibility for that because hockey fights has been talking about it nonstop. Nation Dan, then you're up next. Your cold performer of the week. Uh, my cold performer of the week is going to go just quietly and whatever to Alex Ovechkin for his statement that he put out today. Just soft uh, week for a guy that has a past where he's been very pro um, just kind of his profile week. picture on Instagram was still him and Putin yeah so uh, Alex can you get my cold performer of the week uh, shoot what's a good button for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> what
0: <laughs> Tyler, your cold performer of the week. Uh, my cold performer of the week is the IHF for not following suit with some of the other big sporting associations. We saw UEFA pull the Champions League from Saint Petersburg. Formula One. We saw Formula One pull the race from Sochi as well, and the IHF is kind of sitting there going. Um we're we're meeting about it, we're Humming thinking about it. Coming yeah. in Han and it's a fucking decision. and it's very easy to see by Googling the names Rene Fassel, Vladimir Putin, just how tight the double IHF had been with Vladimir Putin in the past, with their former leader Renee Fassel as well. Um so just super disappointing that uh, the hockey world and the double IHF, I shouldn't say hockey world, the double IHF hasn't taken a bit of a stronger stance on this.
3: What the hell is going on?
2: Uh, I'm just going to keep it here in Edmonton. You guys kind of covered a lot of it. So I'm just gonna say my cold performer of the week, Mike Smith, you gotta be better, man. You're costing us games. We don't have time to lose games right now to goaltending when the team in front of you is playing as well as they are. Mike Smith, cold performer
0: have you ever fought before yeah you have yeah you're probably beat up in the bus stop most of the time i think so, huh? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, that was a great exchange that was a great exchange uh, <sighs>
2: tyler you're up first let's flip the ledger let's end off this podcast with a little bit of positivity what do you got your hot performer of the week
0: uh to our newest teammate at daily face off matt larkin he yep. was and i told him this he was my first ever like favorite writer when i was like you know kind of like 14 15 i would get the hockey news read the hockey news, love the hockey news. And he was one of the main guys there at the time. So yep. for me growing up, read Matt Larkin a lot, really cool to get a chance to uh, work with him. So Matt Larkin gets my hot form of the week for joining daily face off. This
2: is why I'm hot. I'm hot. Cause I'm fly. You ain't cause you not.
0: Uh, you feel old now, don't you? Uh, no, if anyone should feel old, it's Matt Larkin. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: Uh, Rick, your hot form of the week. Uh, you know what? Let's stick to the city here. And I know you brought it up a minute or two ago there, but let's give it to number 16, Tyler Benson, getting his first NHL yep. goal. That dude's had a uh, a winding career so far. He came off pretty hot coming out of uh, junior. Um, and with his injuries, he's kind of been a little side a little bit. And uh, he's had to change his game this year and go a little more blue collar. And I think he's done a very good job at it. And it's nice to see him finally get that first one. It's here.
3: Nation Dan, your Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, well, when he was here as our goalie, we called him Dadbot. But one Cameron Talbot came back to town this week with the Minnesota Wild. It was a horrendous game for the Oilers. Uh, but one Oilers fan that was a big Cam Talbot fan decided to hang around and had a nice little sign for Talbot. And when Talbot saw it, he gave him a stick. And I just think that that's what hockey should be all about at the end of the day. And so Cameron Talbot, you get my hot performer of the week.
1: Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling
2: That's the kind of stuff when NHL players do it that will be in that kid's head forever.
4: Hats kid. off to almost all the guys because everybody's doing it yeah, a lot more. A lot the, of the, the candy exchanges, I think are pretty cool. I hate
0: the, the, I hate the kids who bring signs though, that are clearly made by their parents <laughs> that are like, uh, I would like a stick or a puck or a glove <laughs> or the keys to your car, please. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's my birthday. And it's like, why are you going to ask for that shit? So like up frontly, like, come on. I saw a sign let the, the, kid make
3: the sign where a guy said, my wife won't let me come home without one of your sticks. That's they kind gave funny. a stick. I like that. Saved a marriage. I just like, well, see, <laughs> did hop it though? Head. Because if you have to have that kind of an ultimatum put mm-hmm.
4: on you for going, how long was right? she going to hold out for though? So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: I just like when guys do that, you know, it, it makes such a yep. big difference, especially for a little kid, like the video that the Minnesota wild put out, you just could see how excited.
0: Yeah. It was the cool.
2: excitement on the face. So I love that. Uh, did I miss everybody?
0: You're going. Okay. You're going. Your turn.
2: My hot performer of the week, if you haven't seen it, was put it on our Euler, on our Instagram account, weather'snation.com, uh dot is spelled out. I don't know what the boys were doing. They're down in Florida on this road trip. <laughs> but Evan Bouchard's Fishing. reaction to the fish he caught is probably one of my favorite videos that I've seen on Instagram lately because the double fist pump that he's got going on. I like to think that maybe the boys were betting or something. There's a little bit of gaming There's some going sort of on. there's
4: some sort of competition going on between the guys for but sure.
2: Evan Bouchard's reaction was pure elation, and I don't know if anybody on earth has ever seen him that excited before. So Evan Bouchard, you are my hot performer of the week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Nugent is 700 games kind of gets lost to this, eh? It's wild. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. We gave him a
2: little bit of love before though. Ah, That's off brand off, bag off brand. off brand. It's my boy. Yikes. He knows it. What's your prediction for the score it's tomorrow? 4-2. There you go.
0: Thank
3: <laughs> back you. Back on brand. We got you back there. 7-1 Oilers. Oh, fuck yeah. Dan? Tomorrow, who yeah, are we playing? Florida. Florida. I forgot because it's that ten thirty a.m. I'm going to say we lose five three.
2: How dare you,
4: Rick? I'm going to say we win five three.
2: Another thing I just wanted to talk about before we end off the podcast. I thought it was really funny before we started recording. That Rick admitted he bets on junior hockey as well as the AHL.
4: Yeah, the AHL. Is, I'm telling you, man. No, you find some numbers in there. You can find some value in
0: there. <laughs> no, Tyler's got to
4: look. on junior hockey. Tyler was talking oh, about yeah, yeah you want to talk about
0: because uh, you're going to the oil kings tonight. Yeah, I want to go watch Connor Bedard play so I'm gonna yeah. go to a hockey like, game and I can't not bet on it. Can
2: you get goal props for Connor Bedard?
0: No, all they That's have tougher. is uh all they have is just like spreads totals. and totals. Yeah. So what are
2: you
3: betting? Is it live though? Can
0: you Ooh. live bet?
4: I don't know. That'd
3: That'd be incredible. incredible.
4: I don't think I've seen a lot, yeah.
3: most of <laughs> that live bet stuff is just algorithm built, right?
0: Yeah, it is. Um, I'm taking oil Kings minus two and a half at like plus plus one forty. Oof, juicy. Ooh, they're, they're juicy. so good, man. They are. If you're, I mean, I've, I've, I've had this debate before about like whether or not Edmonton is truly a hockey town or if it's just an Oilers town. And I think if it really was a hockey town, the Oil Kings would be getting a bit more support. And when it's a guy like Connor Bedard rolls through, that def, building should be more full than it probably will be. Definitely
4: in Oilers Town. It is. It's an
0: Oilers it's Town. For definitely sure. an oilers.
3: Playoffs. Who's
0: Hagel? Just you know, see more people. There. Who's this Brandon Hagel yeah, guy? Yeah, who's Brandon Hagel? Someone called him Brandon Bagel. Yes. <laughs> They're like, I don't want fucking bagel. He had a fight this year
3: and I did an auto correct matchup. It was like Bagel versus Middlestone or something no. like that. Delicious. Yeah. All right.
2: There you go. Oilers Nation Radio episode one eighty one. I want to Smitty say Day. You- Oh yeah, Ryan Smith Day. Thank you for that. So if you don't know, a little piece of nation history is coming up on Sunday. Sunday marks the 15th anniversary of the Ryan Smith trade. (sighs) Heartbreaking for those of you that remember. I remember I took the day off that trade deadline. I took the day off. I watched it fucking Eklund said that he was going to sign a five-year extension yeah, on Sportsnet. It was done. 10 minutes later, he got traded to the Islanders for Ryan O'Mara, Robert Nilsson, and first Pol- draft pick, I think Paul Lee wasn't he in there. And
4: no, I think I was it was the traffic. Absolutely gutted. But and then four looked- hours later, he cries at the airport. Yes. <laughs> so I was bring it home for everybody.
2: So 15 years ago, that happened. So what we're doing, and I got to give Coombsy some love because behind the scenes, Cam has been working on a lot of content for Sunday and Monday. We're going to have Brownlee's writing articles. Gregor's going to write something. Last night on Better Late Than Never. I tried to convince Wanya to unretire the keyboard to write something for Ryan Smith Day. So we'll see what happens there. But I just wanted to plug it a little bit because Sunday, Monday, we're going to have a <laughs> ton of Ryan Smith con- on content on the website, Two-day history, holiday. what he means to everybody. I'm going to talk about meeting him in Moose Jaw. That's going to be something that I'm writing. I'm going to talk about the game I was at. I don't remember exactly. I'll have to look it up. Which game specifically when he got his pegs, with his teeth knocked out by Chris Pronger came back, got the assist on Horkov's game winner. I was at that game. So, Lots of stuff coming. Ryan Smith day on Sunday marks the 15th anniversary of that trade. And ultimately the reason the four of us are sitting in this room today, because without that trade, there would be no oilersnation.com. So check out the website, check out our socials. We're going to have a lot coming on Sunday and Monday. Tyler, thank you for reminding me of that. That's good producing. Are you guys taking Tuesday off or something like that? Yeah. I'm just taking the rest of the week off. That's fair. Yeah. Smart. Yep. Sleep when you're dead. No days <laughs> off, right? Tyler avoid the grind. Hashtag avoid the grind. Once again, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 181. It's Friday afternoon. It's beautiful. Go Oilers. Big weekend this weekend. 2-0, baby. Have a great weekend. Shout out Ryan Smith.
3: Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and
1: Instagram. How up?